Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I'm going to talk about the topic, the topic, the topic. What's that, Rodney? The A word, adultery. And uh, this is a real problem in our culture. And so uh, y'all pray for me. And because uh, I know that a lot of the comments that I'm going to need to make tonight are not politically correct. God's good. Amen, saints. The Lord is good. So Exodus chapter 20. If you have been with us, give me your attention The children of Israel, you know, left Egypt and they came to Mount Sinai. God called Moses up on the mountain. You know the story if you've been with us. God called Moses. Are you listening? Up on the mountain and told Moses to tell the people to stay back and to not touch the mountain. And God said if they touched the mountain, they were going to die. And so Moses warned the people not to come near the mountain And, of course, the children of Israel were very happy not to come near the mountain. And they said, listen, Pastor Mo, you go ahead, and whatever God tells you, you come tell us. And it was at that point that we see that Moses was the mediator between God and man. And so Moses goes up on the mountain, and God gave Moses the ten suggestions. Is that what he gave him? No. He gave him the ten initiatives. On three, everybody say no. One, two, three. No. He gave them the what? The Ten Commandments. Remember, we have been rehearsing them for the big test that's coming up at the end of our teaching on the Ten Commandments. I thought, hey, in true Calvary Chapel form, let's rehearse them again so we can commit them to memory. So, remember, we're going to read them together out loud. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother, my favorite. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet anything of your neighbors. Remember I told you, give me your attention. The law is divided into how many components? And the first component of the law is the law of God. That's the Ten Commandments. The second component is the law of Moses. Remember, we talked about it. The law of God or the Ten Commandments are eternal. 
They are unchanging. They are binding upon all men and binding throughout all time and throughout history. In other words, it's still wrong to murder. It's still wrong to commit adultery. It's still wrong to steal. They are binding for all time and eternity. If you understand, say amen. Amen. That's the first component. The second component of the law is the law of Moses, and it deals with the ceremonial civil aspects of the nation of Israel. And it's applicable and binding to Jewish people only. And I like to point this out. You've got to hear me. People get all bound up in the law because they don't make the differentiation between the two components of the law. And so they start reading, well, we can't eat pork because it says in the law that they can't eat pork. Well, that was for Israel. And praise God. Somebody say amen. Y'all know y'all like a ham sandwich, don't you? What? 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 You understand? So you start getting it all messed up. You start getting it all mixed up. And before you know it, you're under the law. And you're burdened. Because you don't understand what is applicable to you as a Gentile, most of us, maybe some of y'all are Jewish, but even in that, Christ has set you free. So even if you're Jewish, you're still free. You understand? Even if you're Jewish, you're still free to eat a ham sandwich. That's good. So we have to make that differentiation. I like to point that out. Now, listen, give me your attention. God gave the law, but he knew that man could never completely keep the law. And that is why God established a sacrificial system to pay for the sins of Israel. No one, listen, no one has ever perfectly kept the law except Jesus Christ. You know, some people might say, well, you know, I've not murdered anyone. And Jesus said, listen, if you so much as are angry with someone, you've broken the law. You see, breaking the law begins in the heart. We pointed that out last week, remember? The law wasn't given to make us righteous. It was given to show us that we're a wreck and we need a Messiah and to point out that we are sinners. What do you mean, Rodney? Romans chapter seven, verse seven says exactly that. Listen, what shall we say then? Paul says, is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin, Paul says, except through the law. For if I had not, if I had not have known covetousness, unless the law has said, you shall not covet. Paul says, listen, the law pointed out that I shouldn't covet. Therefore, I knew that I was breaking the law. That's how I knew sin. The law showed him that he was a mess and that he needed a Messiah. And that is the purpose of a law. Remember, a pedagogos, a tutor, that's the Greek word, a schoolmaster to teach us that we are sinners, that we're on death row. And that we need pardon. So if you've been with us, you know that we've already covered the first six of the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one, you shall not have other gods. Number two, you shall not make yourself a carved image. Thirdly, we talked about you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy, commandment number four. Honor your father and your mother, commandment number five. Last week, were you with us? We talked about you shall not murder. And tonight we come to commandment number seven. You shall not commit adultery. Listen, if you are single, this sermon is for you too. And you probably thought you got off tonight, didn't you? 
I can't commit adultery. I'm not married. Well, listen, if you're single, this sermon is for you too. Listen, I should give you forewarning. Every single one of us in here tonight is are going to be beat up really bad when we leave. Isn't that encouraging, especially for first-time visitors? You're like, wow. Every one of us, this sermon tonight, will convict our hearts. So if you're single, don't think you're off scot-free, because you're not. We're all included tonight. Let's look at it. Exodus chapter 20. And you know, last week I preached on four words. You shall not murder. Tonight I will preach on five words. You shall not commit adultery. So it's five words. That is the verse. Exodus chapter 20. We'll look at verse 14. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And why don't you just read it with me? You shall not commit adultery. Stop right there. Give me your attention. I'm so routine. That's the way I do it. If you were with us last week, remember we pointed out, God said that you shall not murder. And we talked about the sanctity of life. In the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. Notice right after that, are you listening? Right after that, God establishes the sanctity of marriage. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Now listen, of all the commandments, the seventh commandment is the least understood and the most argued against. Generally, people don't really have a hard time with the other nine. I mean, most people agree. They think it's right that you ought not murder. We shouldn't lie. Most people agree with that. We shouldn't steal other people's stuff. That's a good thing. Most people agree with that. If there's a God, then he should be honored above all other gods. People agree with that. It's a really good idea to take a rest, to take a Sabbath. Well, people agree with that. But people don't usually have a hard time with those nine, with the other nine, but it's with this seventh commandment, listen, you shall not commit adultery that people seem to change. And they have all kinds of arguments and they say, well, you know, that's just not practical. Well, it's impossible not to break this commandment. Or people say, hey, are you listening? They say, hey, we're only human. We're only human. You know, it was Ted Turner, who is a media mogul. You know who he is. He's the ex-husband of Jane Fonda. And Ted Turner, I read this to you in the past, but let me read it to you again. Ted Turner said the commandments are obsolete. He said we are living with outdated rules. The rules that we are living under are the Ten Commandments. And I bet nobody pays much attention to them because they're too old. When Moses went up on the mountain, he said there was no nuclear weapons. There was no poverty. Today, the Ten Commandments wouldn't go over. Nobody likes them. Nobody likes to be commanded. Commandments are out, he said. And of course, Ted was wrong. The commandments aren't outdated. Somebody say amen. Amen. They are not outdated. And then get this. He went on to say, if you are going to have 10 rules, I don't think adultery should be one of them. And somebody responded to that statement. Perhaps someone should bring that up with Jane, his ex-wife. Very true. 
you know, there's a story told of this young boy who was returning from Sunday school one day where the Ten Commandments had been the topic. And he asked his father, he said, Daddy, what does it mean when it says thou shalt not commit agriculture? (laughs) Which was the son's attempt to refer to the command against adultery. And there was hardly a beat between the question. The father's smooth reply was, son, that just means that you're not supposed to plow another man's field. Say amen, saints, you understand, isn't that true? You know, I don't think anybody would argue that there is a real problem with adultery in our culture. That's two people agree with that. We have a real problem. Adultery, listen, is sex outside of the marriage relationship. Let's define it. It's sex outside the marriage relationship. Fornication is sex before marriage. I don't think anybody would argue we've got a problem with fornication in our culture as well. Do you know living together is becoming more common every single day? Matter of fact, it's more common even than I'm here. I hear of more people living together of late. Than I do of people actually getting, to get, get, getting married or planning to get married. People are living together like it's no problem. Listen, I'm from the old school. Please forgive me. If you think that I sound archaic and I sound like I'm from the old school, that's because I am. I still believe folks ought to get married before they live together. I really do. I believe it's God's command. I believe it's right. I believe it's good. I believe it's healthy. It's ordered. People need to marry before they live together. Living together is not of the Lord. If you're here tonight, listen, God loves you. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're in an adulterous relationship, I'm going to tell you right up front and I'm going to tell you again when we get to the end. God loves you. Just like you are. Just where you are, living together as you are. God loves you. You cannot change God's love. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you live with or how many people you live with, how long you live with them. You can't change God's love. He loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Anybody on this side of the room agree with that? Because I didn't hear I didn't. I, did y'all hear anything over there? I didn't hear a thing come from over there. Oh, Lord. Well, let me just preach over this half of the room here. Okay. No, he, he does. He loves you too much to leave you that way. And, and just because things are happening in the culture doesn't mean it's right. Just because people do it doesn't mean it's right. I learned that from my mama. Oh, you know. Well, how come I can't do it? They're doing it down there. And then you get the, the old parental response. Well, if they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off one too? <laughs> Can I get a witness? Y'all know that. So every single mother. What do they give out? The mommy book? when they? Is it like the mother-isms book that I never saw, but, but every mom seems to have it? It's amazing. But just because everybody is doing it, here is my point, just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. Just because there goes the culture doesn't mean there goes the Christian. 
And it's a sad thing. Honestly, the church is becoming much like the world. The church should be affecting the world. But instead, the world is changing the church. There's something wrong. Adultery is wrong. Living together, fornication, sex outside of marriage is wrong. The Bible is very clear about that. Thou shall not commit adultery. Now, listen, are you listening? Let's back up a little bit. Let's go back to the beginning. You know the story. In your own time, read it. Genesis chapter 2, you know the story. In the book of Genesis, give me your attention. God created the universe so that we could have a place to live. And God said over and over after he created, he said over and over, it is what, saints? Good. And then God created Adam. And he put Adam in the garden. And for the first time, God said, it is not good. Now, he wasn't saying that Adam was not good. Okay, ladies, watch it. He, he was saying it's not good that Adam should be alone. And so God gave Adam an anesthetic, you know the story, and put him to sleep. And while he was asleep, the Lord opened up his side and took a rib and he made a woman. When Adam woke up, he couldn't believe what he saw. He said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And Adam woke up and said, Woo, Foxy, Mama, girl, where you been all my life? And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, he said, Bone of my bone, you know the story, flesh of my flesh. He said, Your name is woman, for you have come out of man. And Adam received Eve, get this, watch this, Adam received Eve as part of himself. And they came together in a personal, intimate, pleasurable, one flesh union. And so we learn from that story that God created, number one, if you're taking notes, companionship. God created companionship. Not only did God create companionship, but he also created commitment. God created commitment. In Genesis, the commitment was in a marriage relationship. God created Eve and brought her to Adam, and it was God who brought them together to share a life together. And contrary to popular opinion, listen, I still also believe that there is one man for one woman on the earth. I brought this up to a guy one time. Well, how in the world is God going to, how can you think that? That's crazy. One man for one woman. I mean, how can that be? And how can God bring them together? And what's going to go on? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know. I know that if he is God, if, if, if God has created, listen, single person. If God has got a person out there for you. And they're not in this state. Don't worry. God will bring them here. And if they're not even on the earth, don't even worry. God will make them. <laughs> what is that too simple of faith? God can do this stuff because he's God. And he knows how to he's already orchestrating stuff. See, you're just kind of in the moment. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tonight. But God has already seen the end from the beginning. So he's already been orchestrating things to happen before you ever even got to the moment that you're in right now. Get the CD if you don't understand. 
So God's got all this under control. There is one man for one woman on the planet. God brings them together. And the one man and the one woman, listen, are called to share their lives together and to face life together and to reproduce and raise children together and to share burdens together and to grow old together. And it's in this marriage relationship that we learn to love. And we learn to trust and we learn to grow together and, and we and there's love and devotion and respect and communication and confidentiality and loyalty in the covenant of marriage. And when someone violates that trust, they violate the other person. But not only do they violate the other person, they violate God. Listen, adultery is a sin against God and it's a sin against your spouse. And adultery causes pain and it destroys relationships and it destroys whole families and it crushes your mate and it cripples your children. It crushes your mate and it cripples your children. It crushes your mate and cripples your children. And that's why God says you shall not commit adultery. You know, in a letter to Ann Landers, listen, you're all familiar with who Ann Landers is, yeah? Okay. And a man writes this, and he looks back on the impact of a divorce that he initiated. And he writes, listen, 11 years ago, I walked out on a 12-year marriage. My wife was a good person, but for a long time, she was under a lot of stress. Instead of helping her, I began an affair with her best friend. This is what I gave up. Seeing my daughter grow up, the respect of longtime friends, the enjoyment of living as a family and a wife who was loyal and appreciative and tried very hard to make me happy. And tell your readers that anyone who is married and has his or her next mate all lined up is looking for trouble. People don't know what they're giving up until they no longer have it. And then it's too late. Isn't that true? It's true. You don't know what you're giving up. You don't know what you have till you give it up. And then you look back and you say, you know what? I had it good. You don't want to get into an adulterous affair. Don't, you know, the grass is always green. Somebody, somebody once said the grass is always green on the other side. But you don't know how much the water bill was. <laughs> you know, this side of room thing is still happening because the laughter started here and it kind of swept over that way. You know? God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, leave with me Exodus chapter 20 and go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And this is where we'll spend the remainder of our time tonight. In Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to pick up right about verse 27. Matthew chapter 5. In verse 27. We'll spend a bit of time here. Matthew chapter 5. In verse 27, Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. Remember, I've been telling you over the last several weeks, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Jesus always gets down to the heart of the matter, which is the matter of the heart. Listen what he has to say about adultery. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 27. You there? Say amen. You heard, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 
And if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If you were with us, are you listening? If you were with us in our study in Matthew, you know that this section is known as the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus earlier, we know from the scriptures, sat down and he began to teach his disciples. And he talks about the law and he begins to show them that the law is more than outward activity. The law is about inward attitude. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.